Welcome to This Year and Beyond, the unofficial AmeriCorps podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Klein. Hey, everyone. To start off this episode, I just wanted to say that if you like what you hear, let me know what you think. Head over to thisyearandbeyond.com and send me a message, or connect with me over Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And if you moved on from that stipend life enough, please become a patron of the audio arts by donating a little money each month to keep the podcast up and running. So head over to patreon.com and search for This Year and Beyond to become a patron today. Subscribers will get a sneak peek of episodes the day before they come out, and more fun things to come as more folks donate. On today's episode, I'll be chatting with Alex Flower, who served as an AmeriCorps VISTA at Student Veterans of America, and followed that up by joining Peace Corps, where he volunteered in Mongolia, and shares some really great stories from his VISTA year. Joe Biden shows up at some points. Um, We get to hear about him drumming and dancing in Mongolia. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Alex. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking the time to chat today. No, yeah, no problem at all. This is uh, great to be here. Cool. Uh, great to be here. It's it's great being uh, a millennial and here meaning <laughs> the the wonderful the fun, wonderful World Wide Web. Exactly. It could be anywhere. But like I said, you, you served as an AmeriCorps VISTA. Um, could you talk a little bit about, you know, why VISTA, what got you... What made you decide to apply for for an AmeriCorps term of service? Where were you at in your life? Yes, I mean, I had just graduated from uh, Temple University, and I was basically, you know, I I had a a history degree and some internship experience and um, didn't really exactly know what I was doing. But uh, one of my supervisors at one of my internships, she did um, VISTA and, you know, definitely talked about it. And I had met AmeriCorps members, uh, especially City Year, and then a few other VISTAs just like throughout my internship experience um, and thought, you know, this is, they're doing like really cool work. And it's also work that's pretty similar to what I did um, throughout my internships. Um, And then kind of went through and was applying for VISTA. And then I also applied for NCCC as well to be a core member there. the organization I ended up working for, Student Veterans of America, ended up getting back to me really quickly. Um, and I had a really good phone interview with the person there. And so uh, she was a former AmeriCorps VISTA and then um, had the interview with her. And then after that, um, had another interview, I guess, with her with her supervisor. Um, but it was great to have that first experience with um, a former VISTA. So she definitely knew kind of what was going on, what it took to be a VISTA in DC and at that organization. Um, So I felt like I was in very good hands, I guess. And then from, you know, filling out the application to being accepted, there was about two two weeks or so. Seemed like a pretty quick turnaround. And then, you know, I think a month after that or so, I moved down to DC. Um, So I was living in central Pennsylvania and had, 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 you know, done the interview on the phone and then um, was like, yep, I'm going to move to DC now. And I, you know, I had been doing, I've been applying for other jobs. I think I was going to possibly teach English in China or something like that. But then, um, the VISTA opportunity came by really quickly and seemed like the best option at the time and, um, took it. And I was definitely happy I did. What were you expecting going into your VISTA year? Well, I guess I was, I was going to be in DC. And so I was just like, ah, oh, you know, maybe I'll, um, you know, meet some interesting people and, you know, I'll get, you know, kind of entry level nonprofit experience, um, which is something that I've started to get as an intern and was like, yep, that sounds, that sounds good. And I didn't, you know, I didn't go in with like, I guess, specific goals. Um, I was like, you know, I want to be able to work through this kind of first professional experience and then see where it goes. 
um, see where it goes from there. When I, you know, I feel like when I got on board, you know, there's definitely a lot of them feeling you out sort of and seeing what kind of, um, seeing what kind of person you are and seeing like how you work and kind of fit with a team. And then also I think it kind of a unique, unique experience for me was that I'm a you know, civilian, but I'm working for this organization called Student Veterans of America. And they, you know, primarily help service members and veterans on college campuses. And while I had been a student, I'd been a very tra- traditional kind of four-year university student, whereas I was working with a lot of people who, you know, I didn't share that military background with, who I was probably a little bit younger than. Um, so that was one part of it. And then, but yeah, going back to like what I expected to get out of, it, I think it was just like, I don't know, we'll see how this goes. Um, and I remember at PSO, I think it's called a pre-service orientation. Um, they do that for vistas. I remember having to go to Dallas or something for it. And they asked the same question to me. And I was like, I don't really have any, like, I don't have a good answer. Like these people had like really inspiring, (laughs) really good answers. And I was like, I, you know, I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to like try really hard and I'm going to show up every day and work as hard as I can and kind of do the projects that people ask of me. But I think I went in kind of as like a blank slate and didn't have too many expectations. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a a good way to go into it. If you have no expectations then you really can, make it into what you want and and not be disappointed, I guess, in some ways of, of then not those expectations not being met. Yeah. Um, I would say I had a similar feeling going into Peace Corps. Um, but yeah, even AmeriCorps though, I think it was just like, you know, I kind of understand I'm going to be like junior staff at a nonprofit in DC and we're going to see where this goes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about exactly what the organization that you serve with did. Like what was the mission of student veterans of America and how did they, how are they helping to support veterans out there? Basically their makeup is uh, chapter members. And so chapter membership is kind of makes up their constituent constituency. Um, and so those chapters um, are on all kinds of different universities, you know, for-profit, nonprofit, state schools, private schools, um, and so they kind of have these semi-autonomous chapters that are affiliated with um, the organization. And then they kind of support them through kind of leadership events. Um, they also have scholarships um, and kind of programming like that. And then they have kind of these big events. They have a national conference, which I got to be part of two of those. Um, and then another part they have, which is kind of the DC-centric part, which is the kind of gov- governmental affairs um, so I do a lot of research and kind of show the outcomes of student veterans achievement in higher education. And then they do a lot to communicate that to, you know, veterans affairs committees um, on the House and Senate side. So um, was lucky enough to work with that a little bit. Um, and then mostly, um, you know, I did a lot of just kind of the support work, you know, wherever they needed me. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest thing was just kind of supporting um, the chapters on campus. And so they would have a lot of issues, um, well, not, you know, they have a lot of issues, but I think sometimes it would, the best thing to do is then like talking it out and then being like, oh, I just talked to somebody, you know, last week that overcame this type of issue. And so you're kind of passing them and connecting the dots, um, which, you know, definitely took several months to get into, to be able to do that and mm-hmm. to be able to know enough people. Um, uh, so that's kind of the small role I played. Um, but yeah, that's, so they have a kind of a big, big operation going um, with the kind of governmental affairs and stuff being the DC centric part of it. Yeah, what were what were, what were some of the most common issues that faced veterans going into higher education? Yes, yeah, so, I mean some of it was just you know the 
the GI Bill or the um, kind of benefits and the issues they had with the VA. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of the time the VA was, you know, not as responsive or as, as um, you know, as people would like, or if they're students, um, they're kind of using the GI Bill to go to school, but also to support themselves mm-hmm. um, and possibly their families and things like that. So part of it was kind of that individual part where they're kind of supporting themselves as a student. But then there's another part where I think SVA did a really good job working with the chapters. Um, and so you have the students on campus that can support themselves um, and really work together um, and have a kind of a, a space for veterans on campus. Um, and that was kind of a big programming goal. And that was something where um, the chapters could really kind of help each other out. And so, as I mentioned before, kind of connecting the dots. So if one school did it and they're kind of in a similar similar place as like another school that's just getting off the ground, you know, you could ha- connect them and they're really able to um, really able to kind of share best practices, things like that. Yeah, it sounds like you you all were just like the the hub of all of this vast amount of information and just be able to, to just make the right connections and yeah and learn the right best practices really can can help folks navigate through that yeah that weird system that is hired. Yeah, definitely. And that was like a really great thing for me just because I mean I was this was my first real professional experience and so you're like, you know, how do we take all this information that's incoming and organize it so um, it means something, um, to someone other than me. So that was a lot of what kind of the outreach team did. was kind of take in all that information and then be able to tell the research team like, Oh, we're hearing about this issue or let the, um, governmental affairs team know that like, yeah, they're talking about this legislation or something like that. Um, so really being able to inform the rest of the organization, which was a great kind of start to kind of get your feet wet and, um, kind of learn how the nonprofit system works. Yeah. I, yeah. The nonprofit systems are fascinating and complicated <laughs> and most of the time annoying from my experience. Yeah. Uh, I guess as, as serving, as serving as a Vista, what, what were you able to learn about that? Like, I guess, how were you able to grow professionally, personally? Like, like what did you get out of that experience of being a Vista? Um, one of the things was, you know, the organization was very interested in making, you know, data-driven decisions. And so, yeah, so being able to take, you know, all the calls, being able to take all the emails, um, you know, take that information and aggregate it to put it into something that is usable. So like basically like formatting data, um, which is, you know, not something I did as a history major, you know. And then on like a more personal level, like be able to talk to, you know, phone call comes in, you pick up the phone, you don't know who you're going to be talking to. And so assessing whether, you know, it's just assessing where the, where the call should go. Um, or if it's someone that's really frustrated and just needs to, um, needs to talk to somebody because I haven't talked to somebody about it yet. If they're having like real issues with their GI bill or something like that. And, you know, just being able to, being able to listen because every conversation means something and definitely going in to every conversation, with that attitude, like this can really mean something. Um, and you know, these are stories that should be highlighted to senior staff when they ask me what's going on with like student veterans and things like that. Yeah. It seems like you were able to gain a lot of, like a lot of skills outside of what you typically do. Like I I always think, I always think about back in college when I was in college and just kind of putzing my way through there and, and learning a lot of stuff out of books, but then 
getting thrown out there in the, the yeah. real world, whatever that is, it's like, oh man, I didn't learn anything. <laughs> it seems like you were able to get like a lot of actual tangible skills outside of, you know, being a history major. Yeah. So. And I think like, think I got really good kind of tangible skills out of it. And then I also kind of got to work on the development side too. And so kind of helping um, raise money. So that's kind of where I started on the outreach and really learned the landscape of the kind of student veteran um, area. And then as I was kind of, I actually was hired on after my Vista service ended. So I stayed on, stayed on for about seven extra months. And so there I was doing a little bit more development. And so, you know, kind of learning how to make um, a pitch or if an organization comes in, it's like, we want to give you money. And I'm, I want to be like, yes, here's how you can do that. <laughs> and like the best way I can. Um, and so I think that was um, really important just because oh, you also learn um, what the nonprofit does, but then also how it keeps its lights on and things like that. Uh, I know we, we talked before, and I want to I want to ask you about this. When you were a core member, you had a chance to to be somewhere where where you had to deal with Secret Service and yeah. and Joe Biden showing up. How did yeah. how did that come about, and how are you able to to manage something so yeah. kind of I think very unique? Yeah, no, that was definitely the highlight of my Vista year. Um, and so it was during this thing called they have they have a national conference. Um, and so they try to bring all the stakeholders together, whether that be uh, as far as student veterans and then corporate partners um, and then other kind of nonprofits that are similar to Student Veterans America or are in the kind of veteran space. Um, and so this particular one, there is, you know, just about, little over a thousand people there uh i know i had you know been in meetings and stuff they were saying that joe that they had things out to you know the white house and you know as a kind of keynote speaker um and then we got word the two days before the event took place that you know joe biden was in fact coming um which meant the schedule for the second day of the national conference was completely shot and we basically had to change everything Um, And so my role in that was working with the senior staff of Student Veterans of America and then the Secret Service to know, you know, what the procedure is basically, because they have to have these like clean areas and dirty areas. And so um, the whole thing was going through and Joe Biden was going to speak after after the corporate networking event. And so you had this networking event where you know, you want everything to be as professional as possible. And, and so just, it was like a high pressure, high pressure situation. And it was one that, you know, I was, I think if someone told me I was going to do that when I started my Vista experience, I'd have been like, you're a crazy person. There's no way that's going to happen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but it ended up, you know, going through. And so I was like, you know, in these meetings, walking around this like conference center being like, this is the clean area. This is the dirty area. I have to make sure that all of these position, all these pieces are in position um, at like one thirty, and if it's any later than one thirty, they're not getting in basically. Um, and so there's just this, this kind of high stress crunch time and being able to communicate, um, you know, very quickly and efficiently and very clearly, like what was going on basically. Um, and so I was kind of the point of contact for um, all of our corporate networking. Uh, partners and things like that and so go from one and then so i ended up going through and it went off um luckily without a hitch there was some like 
I guess these step and repeats that companies had brought and just making sure they were, they were out. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, things were changing, you know, up to the minute. And it was just one of those times where it's just like, well, there's no other option. I I'm like, this is my responsibility. And you, you know, you kind of have to go through, um, and then able to navigate that. And then it was, it was like, it, it was like, there was no change at all. It was really great watching how smooth it went. Um, and then it was really great to see kind of these, um, I guess I would say like virtual friends or virtual coworkers kind of, um, because so much of the job was emailing and phones and things like that. So I didn't get to meet a ton of people face to face. So this was an opportunity where I could kind of take those, um, those like virtual, um, communities and be able to actually talk to them and put a name to a name to a face or a face to a name, and then be able to connect them with like, you know, representatives from these companies that want to hire them. And so it was kind of, uh, it was really great to see that part of it. And then to see, um, vice president Biden speak after that was, you know, it was kind of the, was, you know, my favorite part and it's something that I will always remember from my, uh, Vista experience. Yeah, that's amazing that you were able as an AmeriCorps member to, on two days notice, figure yeah. out like probably something that has been planned for how long. Yeah, no, yeah, things were definitely in stone, <laughs> or, or at least I thought they were in stone. Um, and then they're like, just kidding, we flew up the stone, like now we have to re-put it together and like Vice President Biden's going to speak too. Um, so figure that out too. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Um, that's so cool. And it was, yeah, it was, it was something that, I will, you know, I definitely won't forget. And, um, I think it's kind of unique to, um, being a Vista cause you can do, you know, I think I'll, you have that kind of admin part of it where you're just kind of working your day to day. And then if, if, um, you kind of prove yourself, you're, you can be put into another, a different position too, just because like as a Vista, you're kind of in the organization, but sort of not in the organization. Um, and so you're in this weird place where like you really can make a pretty big difference um, depending on um, if like the organization trusts you. Um, and yeah. so that was like a really great, I think, payoff as well. Well, I'm glad that you got such a great experience out of that. Um, I yeah. guess I guess what what I'm curious to know more about is I know Vista as I was never a Vista, so I'm always it's always fun learning more about what what Vista experience is like. I know that mm -hmm. typically what Vistas do is indirect service. So kind of behind this yeah. kind of thing, making sure everything is running mm -hmm. smoothly, um, just building that capacity. But yeah. I mean, you're still living in a community, like you're in DC and, and what was it like, I guess, serving this virtual community of all of these different veterans all across college campuses, all across the country while living mm -hmm. in DC, which I would imagine is not that, cheap of a city to live in one when being a Vista. No. What, what, was, what was it like serving a virtual community, but also living in DC at the same time? Um, well, I guess serving that kind of virtual community part, um, the most important thing I think was just going in every day and making sure that I remember who I'm serving just because a lot of the time I haven't met them. Um, so it's, you know, I would be really happy when I got to go to events, um, or any kind of like the leadership summits that they had um, to be able to meet who I was serving. So basically, I would just take any opportunity to travel, um, to be able to meet people face to face and just kind of go in every morning and remember why I'm doing this. And then as far as living in D.C., that was just, 
you know, it was really expensive. So you're just kind of limited in where you can live. Um, when I first moved to DC, I was living like in a living room with like other interns basically. Um, and then I moved to a Congress Heights neighborhood near Anacostia, which is still in, um, still in DC. And so it's just, um, then the kind of juxtaposition of working on K street, which is kind of like the, uh, lobbying street of DC. So you have these like really, really nice restaurants that I'm like walking past every day. And I'm just like, I am never, ever going to eat there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, commuting back to a definitely working class neighborhood, um, a working class neighborhood that I, and I also believe like city year was at the elementary school that I live near, or maybe the, or maybe the middle school. Um, but I know city year was like in the community as well, but then I was like, I don't, I'm different from them. I'm not a city year person. I'm a Vista. Um, <laughs> you don't have the, you don't have the red coats and the boots and yeah. the crazy chance. <laughs> Yeah, they as a Vista, because I think Vista is a little bit more isolating a little bit just because like um, luckily there were other Vistas at my site that we could, you know, I could hang out with. Um, but then the city year one, I was like always really jealous because I was like, oh, man, look at that. They got like they got the jacket, they got the boots. They look really like happy, energized and like that looks great. That looks like a lot of fun. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was just a completely different neighborhood from where I was, where my like Vista um, like work site was. So that was just, just kind of strange sometimes just like seeing this like huge wealth of one part of DC and then commuting 45 minutes or so to a different part of DC being like, Oh, this was, this is a food desert. This is really hard to, to, um, get to, you know, public transportation wise. Um, and it was just, just, a, you know, very different experience um and then yeah dc is an expensive city so you're just constantly walking by these like really fancy restaurants being like i am never ever going to eat here <laughs> oh man yeah i i was lucky i did my my second term in pittsburgh which is a pretty pretty affordable city which was nice i can't yeah. imagine like <laughs> thing about like dc and denver and seattle and san francisco like or new york I'm like oh man that seems almost impossible yeah yeah, no, I was definitely very careful about how I spent my money. It's definitely something that I haven't, that's always there. I think it's always going to be part of me now. Um, also that, and then just like, if there's any kind of event being like, oh, look at the, oh, the good, there's free food. All right, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm definitely going. Um, and then just going and, and having like, and this is dinner, um, and having like no shame about that at all, being like, no, this is what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> oh, I get that. You So you you were able to complete your term. You got mm -hmm. done with your Vista term and then hired on. So kind of yeah. doing some similar, but, you know, expanded work with uh, Student Veterans of America. Then your next step was to go to Peace Corps. What made you decide to do Peace Corps after your term of service domestically? I mean, part of that was just kind of meeting Peace Corps volunteers. Um, I mean, D.C. Is a, is a city that has a lot of Peace Corps volunteers. So I would mm -hmm. kind of meet them and be like wow that's like a really unique experience and it's definitely something that i really felt like i i wanted um you know i had been you know grown up in america and and trying to wanted to get international experience but didn't exactly know how and you know you meet these peace corps volunteers and they have these like crazy stories um but they also have like a really cool outlook on life too um which i thought was you know really interesting and then you know i guess professionally i think it was experience that i wanted and i saw people doing jobs I thought were really interesting um, that had done Peace Corps um, and then went into it pretty similar to the way I went into Vista where I was just like, I don't know what I want out of this exactly, but trying to have like 
no expectations. And I think Peace Corps, a little bit more than AmeriCorps, really taught me how to live like day to day. Just because I think in America, in AmeriCorps, I was so focused on like the month, um, just because of you know making it through the month and make sure you have rent and all those things covered. Um, then in Peace Corps, I think it was just I'm here and let's see what kind of work I can do. Or because I applied when I was about halfway through Vista, and I was like, I should probably figure out something to do after Vista. Um, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in DC. I wasn't sure if, you know, I'd stay on at the organization yet. Um, those kind of conversations hadn't started happening. And then, yeah, so I just applied and, and waited and waited and then, you know, found out I was going to be, that I had my invitation to Mongolia and I was, um, was definitely taking it. <laughs> right on. Um, so what did you learn most? Like if there's one thing that you learned from your experience with Peace Corps, what was it? Um, working through very stressful situations without a whole lot of, uh, without a whole lot of like guidance and or context and just always being uncertain and then being like, okay at Mongolian, but not great. And being like, okay, no, I'll totally go dance in front of everyone that, all right, that sounds fun. Um, and so like doing that and then realizing, you know, when you can say yes and when you can be like, yes, but we should, you know, maybe try something else. Okay. Okay. We mentioned going up and dancing in front of a, a bunch of people. You got to expand on that a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was like my first year um, in my community. Um, and there's this, um, this competition that all, the, that all the teachers were having. And there was like the English teachers and then there's the science teachers and math teachers. Um, and so I was living in this like Kazakh ethnic minority in Mongolia um, and one of the things they thought would really score well to judges would be the, uh, you know, the American teacher, you know, doing a Kazakh dance in front of the whole school. Um, and so I thought it was just going to be the school. I didn't realize like the whole village came to watch. Um, and so I was like, okay, no, I'm learning this dance. And so like the night before I'm like practicing this dance with the, um, the one teacher who I was working with and, she was like, all right, this is how you do it. And I learned the steps and I was like, okay, great. Um, and then I showed up the next day and the whole town was there. The whole village had come for like to watch the competition. And that was like the first and only time I've ever danced in front of people. And I was like, <laughs> I, I can't believe this is happening. And then I just tried to remember my steps. Um, and then I got off the stage and I was like, wow that would have never happened if I didn't do Peace Corps. Like <laughs> now the entire village like knows what I look like and knows I sort of know how to do their dance. Or, like do a, like a Kazakh traditional dance. <laughs> oh my gosh. And those, those are some of the, the best moments though, where you find yourself in this doing whatever or this place that you never ever would have yeah. thought you would have found yourself in and being able to enjoy how unique and, and special that is. Yeah, um, I think that's definitely like a, a Peace Corps trait that I, I would think a lot of Peace Corps volunteers have. There's like, I am in a ridiculous situation, but you know what? I'm going to enjoy it because either that, like there's either that or you're just going to be miserable and you might as well just like enjoy the ridiculousness of what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's something that, that I learned as a Corps member was that there's a bunch of silly stuff that happens or like, team builders or thrown in weird situations or whatever. But if you just are like, this is stupid. I'm not doing this. I hate this. Then of course you could have an awful experience. But if you kind of just let all of your, uh, 
insecurities or whatever you know at the door and really embrace the weirdness and the silliness and the uniqueness it's so much fun yeah um which is something i think i'm I'm like i guess a little bit jealous of for like i guess the ncc and like the uh city or people because i feel like they have this team and like they're almost like allowed to be silly silly um well, I, I don't know how other vistas will feel about this, but I almost think that vistas are like, no, we're like the uh, office types, we're the serious office types, <laughs> and then um, the N Triple C and the um, state or the um, city or people are like, oh no, we're like we're a team. This is we're all in this together, and um, it, yeah, it just looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it, was, um, it was definitely silly. <laughs> yeah, because I think I, I definitely got more silly. I can know during Peace Corps and like learn to take like the good with the bad. And um, because like that wasn't the only time I performed, like I performed later, um, like later that year. Cause I didn't, I didn't, I was like, I don't want to dance again, but I will still perform if you want me to. And then I was like, got to like drum in front of the village. That was fun. Um, and like, I don't know, there's always competitions going on. So there's always a way to, you know, have fun and, and be able to be, with the community that was like so different than um, kind of the virtual one I was doing, working with as a Vista and going into a community where it's like, this is, this is where you are. This is your work. This is where you're going to be um, for like two years. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine, you know, Peace Corps. I'm sure, well, I guess there's probably some similarities between Peace Corps and Vista, but I would imagine the vast majority of the outside experiences are not comparable. Yeah, they're definitely definitely really different, but I mean, I think um, for me, Vista was like a really great um, like preparation for Peace Corps. Um, it was because it was you know getting to know this military community, which was not one that I knew. It was getting put in situations where you're just like, you have to succeed. Like, <laughs> um, all this is happening, um, and we have to really work through this and. Um, you know, you do your best to be that part of like the team member. And then I, as a Peace Corps volunteer, you're like, where do I fit kind of, and you find your place. Well, Alex, that's all the time that we have uh, for this week's episode. I just want to thank you so much for, for being on the podcast and sharing your Vista and Peace Corps story with all the listeners out there. So thank you. Of course. And uh, thank you so much for, uh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, it was really great talking with you. Hey, everybody, it's me again. Just wanted to say thanks for listening and talk to you next week.